Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to break down today in under 10 minutes one of the most important aspects of investing into a deal, which is the equity split. Specifically, who gets what? Like when we're doing a syndicate, very commonly you'll hear, oh, it's a 70-30 split. What the hell does that mean? What what the hell is that? Yeah. So, Dan, what is from a high level equity split? First off, it's early. So Yeah, we're not recording at our regular Friday afternoon. This is Friday morning. Oh, this is for this is coffee number one. All right. So uh, equity split is basically who owns what, right? There's a pie, which is a deal, and equity split basically means who owns what percentage of that deal. So 70-30, somebody owns 70% of it, somebody owns 30% of it, and that's usually how profits and uh, proceeds are going to be split up. Some nuances, sometimes there's, there's variance there, but generally speaking, that's your share of the profits and the losses, if there are losses. So if we have a 70-30 split, let's just assume 70% is going to the limited partners, 30% goes to GP. What that, what that means, in a sense, is that for every dollar coming in of profit, that's going to be redistributed to everybody the LPs are going to get 70 cents. GPs are going to get 30 cents. There's some nuance to this when we calculate the preferred return into the equation, but let's put that aside. Let's just ignore that for now. Because one of the big questions people have is, well, it seems like as an LP, uh, I I should want as much uh, equity as possible, right? So a 90-10 split where 90% is going to the LPs, 10% to the GPs, that on the surface level appears to be a better deal for limited partners than say a 60-40 where you're only getting 60% of the equity. So why, what would be a scenario where only getting 60% of the equity is actually better than getting 90%? I think the biggest thing here, well, there's two big things in my opinion. One, there's skin in the game. Uh, That's one point we can look at. And so if the, the sponsor, the operator doesn't have that much uh, economic benefit, you know, or, or, or disadvantage, meaning if they own a smaller amount, it's going to sting less if things go poorly. They're not going to be quite as bought in. They don't have as much skin in the game. So that's one way to look at it. The other one is if you need to take a deal down to 90-10 as the sponsor to get the numbers to work, that usually implies that it's a pretty skinny deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're able to deliver the returns that your investors uh, expect while still getting 30% of the upside yourself, that means that's usually a pretty juicy deal. Totally. Yeah. Usually when you see that kind of extreme equity split, like a 90-10, it's because they're trying to make the numbers look better for to deliver a particular return to the, the limited partners. And the big problem with this is like you alluded to, you see this in startup all the, in startup world all the time, where the founder, if the founder gets diluted too much, then their potential upside on an exit becomes so low that they start to wonder like, okay, are they really going to ride this out for the next 10 years? And so when you start looking at cap tables on a startup, it's like you want your founders to have a certain meaningful percentage of ownership to guarantee that they stick, stick it out. If in a 90-10 split, a lot of times the, the potential upside to the GP is not that great. And so you starts to wonder, okay, are they going to actually ride it out? 
Now, Reed, you asked something. Reed, um, for people that are listening for the very first time, Reed is sitting back over here. He does not have a mic. He asked something earlier, or he implied something, which was the who gets the bigger split, and why is it that the LPs get the bigger split? And that's actually a myth, in a sense, because while it is industry standard to have like a 70-30 split with 70% going to the LPs, it doesn't have to be that way. It could actually be the reverse. The 70% could go to the GPs. And there could be a scenario where you start a deal with a 70-30 split. And then halfway through, once a certain hurdle has been achieved, the equity split might change to a 50-50. And so what's that look like? What scenarios whereby that might happen? Typically when a deal does really well. So that's something that I think people need to be aware of. Um, A lot of times... Uh, there is going to be something called a waterfall, which is basically where that equity split starts to shift as Anthony said, certain hurdles are hit, meaning certain performance hurdles. So if a deal delivers a 15% return, then at that point, maybe it shifts from 90-10 to 80-20. And that could continue down um, all the way down to where it is inverted if the deal does really well. So that's something that investors do need to be aware of when they're looking at deals uh, because the sticker price, so to speak, the the equity split that you see on the deck that it starts at might not be what it stays at. So be aware. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but some of these things could be fluid. Mm-hmm. Another Another aspect of this that can affect what that split might be is the operators, the, the experience or the track record that they have. So if you're a new operator, you might need to give a little bit juicier terms to entice investors to take the uh, additional risk associated with investing in a new operator. Whereas Warren Buffett, you know, he's he can come in and offer whatever split he wants and you'll probably take five. it. Yeah, and I'd you would take, take it because you'd be like, okay, you, you got the track record, right? And so that's another variable to consider here. So like one group 70-30 is not necessarily equal to another group 70-30. There's, there's some levers here that you really want to understand how they, they, they interplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first deal was an 80-20. Everything after that was 75-25, so... Unheard of. 90-10, I've never done a 90-10, though. 90-10 is, is, is pretty extreme. I haven't seen too many 90-10s recently, but uh, it seems they, they do happen. It seems more common in like the private equity space. As you look at doing deals with institutional investors, like a family office or a, uh, a larger private equity firm, the old 90-10 split is fairly common, but um, there's, there, that's one of the reasons we have not done one of those, because they take a lot. Yeah, they, so. they want everything. All, All right. the things. So we did it. We did it in under 10 minutes. That's everything you need to know about the equity split. There is another variable, again, which I alluded to before, the preferred return kind of changes some aspects of this. But we've done episodes on the preferred return in the past. I would recommend you go into the library. There's almost 500 episodes at this point. Go back, find those episodes on the preferred return and see how it kind of interplays with the equity split because that's also a very important thing to be be aware of. So. That's going to do it for us. We love you more than your parents. So um, rub that in their noses and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.